Hi, and welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie. My co-host is Brittany, and this is a podcast about many strange and spoopy movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies, and we do want to caution before starting the podcast that listener discretion is advised, and a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast. Hi, this is Katie. Hey there, this is Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls podcast. GGP, what? Well, so. What? <laughs> oh, we're nice yes. children. Um, and yeah. this week we're delving into bad hair. Which is what? written yeah. and directed and produced by Justin Simeon. And mm-hmm. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. And um, this was a, it's a fun, campy horror comedy about Haunted Weave, which is really cool. And uh, it's got some cultural significance and it has a predominantly black cast. And predominantly female cast, too. So I thought this was a cool one to do um, for Black History Month. And it's fairly new. It got released in October of 2020. And um, it premiered at Sundance in January of 2020. So pre-COVID. The last Sundance before COVID. Because they just did Sundance again. But they had to do it all digitally, apparently. Uh, So yeah. So before we get into the movie, Britt, how are you doing? I am good. I am... I've been tired. Um, usually this type of year, uh, this kind of year, January, February, I um, I don't know. It's like the older I get, the more fatigue I feel in the wintertime. I don't know if I'm not getting enough sunshine. I usually love the cold. Um, but, of course, where we live, as you know, has a stream temperature changes. We'll be sitting at oh 50 God. one day, at 30 the next. Um, yes. So it takes. I feel like I just had a number done on my body. Uh, what about you, Katie? How have you been feeling this week? Um, I'm feeling better. I a vaccine update. I felt like I got hit by a bus the day afterwards. That was fun. Um, I was feeling fine when we were recording, and the next day I went to work, and I was just like, "Ooh, I don't feel good." And my other coworker, who also got the vaccine, didn't even come into work, and so I worked like a half day, took a three hour nap, and then I felt fine. And that seems to be the case with everyone else I know who got their second round. Everyone's been like, I feel like shit the next day. They feel like they got hit by a bus. Like, you feel like you have the flu. And then, but I didn't feel nauseous or anything. It was just I felt really tired and run down. And then you feel fine the next day. And it's fine. Um, and yeah, I, we, I had plans to go outside this weekend again. And it was so cold, we ended up going to the art museum, which was really fun. Like, I haven't been to the art museum in a really long time. Our art museum was having an exhibit by Jacob Lawrence who is an American artist, and he did this really cool thing called The American Struggle, and that's what it was on. Um, His style is dynamic cubism. But um, it's kind of folk artsy, but not overly folk artsy, if that makes sense. And it's basically 20, I think it's 28 panels of different points in American history, starting from the American Revolution. Um, it's really cool. Um, it was cool. The only thing I had to complain about was there was a, hello, Bowser. Um, there was a, (laughs) there was, there were two people at panel five that wouldn't move their asses. And (laughs) I 
take the time to read all of the little panels, like all the little blurbs next to the artwork. And I was trying to take my time to read them. And I was trying to go in order, but the people were taking so long. I decided to go in backwards order because I was like, Oh, this is pissing me off. So by the time I got like three away, they were finally moved. So I finally got to see panel number five. And it was good, but I don't understand why they were looking at it so hard, because it wasn't that different than the rest of them, unless they were seeing something I didn't see. Well, anyways, um, <laughs> but we didn't have anything we needed to, like, um, correct from last time, because we didn't oh, mess up good. that bad that I caught. Um, please correct us if we're wrong. Um, oh, yeah. Did you watch anything good this week? Um. You know what's funny is that, of course, um, and me and you talked about this a little bit. I um, I watched the newest episode, WandaVision, which I'm <gasps> sure too? we have a lot of. Can we, we do a, a spoiler warning? Because I want to talk theories yeah. briefly. Yeah, very briefly. Yeah, so um, real quick, guys, we're about to do a spoiler for WandaVision season five. Maybe skip over episode five. Episode five. five. Episode five. Yes, episode <laughs> five. Thank God we are in season it's a one still. Yeah, it's yes, a thank you. So miniseries so but yes disney plus watch it if not um please skip over this by like four minutes and three two one so um katie's a moron because i remember quicksilver as a character from x-men i don't remember scarlet witch but i do remember x-men quicksilver one for some reason i mix up the names quicksilver and nightcrawler even though i can see them in my head and they are different characters but the other thing i felt stupid about was I know that Wanda Maximoff is a character in the Avengers, and I know that she's a twin brother named Pietro. I did not know that Pietro is Quicksilver. Like, it's canon. I just didn't realize it. I thought they were two different characters because I don't really watch the Avengers movies because I haven't. And I was like, oh, because when uh, Evan Peters shows up at the end, I was like, oh my god, is, is Quicksilver, like, throwing a fast one over her? And then... Uh, Brittany's like, why are you so surprised? It's her brother. And I was just like, wait, they're the same character? How did I not realize that? I felt like a moron. So, yeah, make fun of me all you want, y'all. Like, I'm a moron. No, and I, and I, and Katie's not a moron, but me, I am a super nerd. Um, so I was like telling her, you know, because I was like, the big thing that this sent the shockwave through the Marvel community is because, as we know, um, Evan Peters played Quicksilver in X-Men 2 Days of Future Past. And then, of course, we have um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who I always will know as Kick-Ass, playing Quicksilver in um, Avengers Age of Ultron. And so what it is is that because uh, Wanda and Pietro are both very, very uh, famous characters in both the X-Men universe as well as the Avengers universe, but they're owned by different companies, Fox and Marvel Studios, they're like, okay, we're doing our own versions of the characters. Well... There's obviously a mild spoiler for the episode where Wanda's twins boy's dog dies. And they talk to her about, you know, well, Mom, can't you bring back people from the dead? Can't you bring back something from the dead? And so my idea was that she was trying to bring back her brother, her Pietro, of of Aaron Taylor Johnson, as we know, back from the dead. And instead, somehow, she summoned Evans Peters' version of Quicksilver. Yes. Yes. Now, the bigger reproduction of all of this is now we have a Fox character a Fox X-Men character in the Marvel Universe, so now we're thinking there may be more crossovers in the future. Which would make more sense, because she is, um... Shit. Ma- Magneto's <laughs> Magneto. daughter. Magneto? Yes. I was like, what the fuck? 
I swear I know X-Men. I used to watch X-Men all the time as a kid. I really did. And then I kind of like, it. you know, I don't know. I, I really liked superhero stuff when I was really little. Loved Batman. <coughs> but was always more of a DC kid. But I loved X-Men. Oh, uh, I guess so. We'll get out of WandaVision spoilers. I did finally watch yes. a movie um, that I should have watched a long time ago called Spirited Away. Oh, I thought I texted yes. you, but we were talking about other stuff, so uh-uh. it may have gotten lost in the text messages. Um, mm-hmm. I it's so beautiful and cute. I love it. It's so perfect, and it's it's a huge Studio Ghibli movie. And I I wanted to see it when it came out, and for some reason didn't because I was like a kid. Um, but finally watching it, it's on HBO Max, as most of the Studio Ghibli movies are right now. Um, Spirited Away is so sweet, and, like, the music's beautiful, and the visuals are beautiful. Also, I was like, what is that guy's voice? The guy that plays Haku? I was like, what? I don't, I know that voice. It's Max Goof from Goofy Movie, and also Thackeray Binks' voice, because... Thackeray Banks and Hocus Pocus, which I always forget this, and I watched this with our friend Peter, and so, like, he reminded me, was played by the guy from NCIS physically, but voiced by the guy that does Max Goof on Goof Troop and Goofy Movie. Don't understand, because they both ended up being pretty successful actors. It's kind of weird that they would dub over his voice, but I don't know. Maybe he just didn't have as good of, like, a British accent as uh, the guy that plays Max Goof did, which now I'm blanking on his name. Um, but it's really cute. I highly recommend it. I think it's probably one of the more accessible ones. It's much more entertaining than Princess Mononoke. I'm sorry, Princess Mononoke is really good. But this one's, I think, more palatable to a wider audience. It's hilarious you say that because literally, um, so a couple years ago, um, me and my husband, because I grew up on Studio Ghibli movies and I loved them. So, like, I literally saw Spirited Away the year it came out and I was, like, 12 years old. And that was the year it won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. Mm-hmm. And me being the little anime kid I was, I was like, we won, we won, we won! And I was so excited. But we went for the Studio Ghibli phase. My husband's least favorite Ghibli movie is Princess Mononoke. He gets a lot of shit for it. His favorite one is Spirited Away. He loves well, so it's away. so palatable. It's much more mm-hmm. palatable, and it's very cute. But it also has the feels. But it's not like overly, overly sappy, which I prefer. Yeah. And at the end, like the little girl's just like, "I'm not afraid anymore," but not like in a sappy way, like in like a normal way. Um, and then I also have been marathoning Sex and the City on HBO. So I'm I'm of the mind where I'm going to really miss Samantha. I forgot how entertaining she fucking is. But that's really all I watched new, because um, we also watched Bad Hair, and I guess we should get into the movie, unless there was another movie you want to mention that you'd watched. No, it's funny. I bring up Sex in the City. I did I did kind of uh, put it on as background noise, because I've seen it uh-huh. like six times. But no, I've been falling uh, asleep I've, to it, too. It's it's my fall asleep yeah. to TV show, because I've watched it a couple times. I've watched it probably three times all the way through, I would say, Yeah, as a whole. So... We, I thought since it is Black History Month and because we were two weeks late uh, picking a movie that would actually be relevant, let's do a, a newer movie so we can highlight some black performers in the arts industry. Yay! Hey. I really like this movie. Um, it's called Bad Hair. I think we already said it's directed and written by Justin Simeon, who um, I honestly have not watched this TV show yet, but it's called Dear White People. Now that I've seen Bad Hair, I actually might watch it because I'm kind of curious if it's campy and funny. 
or if it's serious. I wasn't really sure what to expect, and I just kind of clicked past it. So I, I kind of want to give him a second chance because I really like this movie. Um, but that's really the only things he's done. He did a movie version of it, and then there's a Netflix television series of that. And this is he's been inspired by Asian hair horror, is what he said inspired kind of the idea of this movie, notably the wig and um, X hair extensions. And because he grew up and was raised mostly by women, he like grew up around hair culture of black women. And he's kind of had it from a secondhand perspective. And I think it's cute. He named a lot of the female characters after his mom and his mom's sisters, which I was like, oh, that's Aww. cute. And he really wanted to have a female lead character because he wanted to have, like, the final girl cliche. So it's it's very much a tongue-in-cheek, I would say along the lines of almost Gremlins kind of horror movie, like the first Gremlins. It's funny, but it's a little scary, and there is a lesson to be learned. But it's it's commentary with comedy. It's comedy with commentary. It's It's campy. It's fun. But there is some social commentary, and I appreciate it. What did you think about this movie? I really, really liked it. Um, so it's like, uh, if, if this makes any sense, it's definitely a B-Hard film, but it's a B-Hard film with a purpose. Like, it's one of those movies that has yes. a different meaning. It's not the kind of meaning that gets you hit over the head or you have to spend hours analyzing it. Mm-hmm. It's not a very hard movie to analyze, but it's still a movie with a very important message. But it's still kind of campy and fun. Uh, watch too. I was super impressed that there is a huge cast, a huge cast, but, um, they're all very likable. Like, uh, it was really easy Mm -hmm. to remember everybody, um, because they made Mm -hmm. their characters their own and they were all very likable characters, I feel. Well, with the exception of Julius, Mm -hmm. but they're pretty much all likable. Yeah, I will say, who's, who's played by Jay Farrow, who played a very likable character in Unsane, uh, which is another reason why I chose this movie, because I went to see him in other stuff, and, um, I was like, I was like, ooh, I don't like him. And then I was watching this with our friend Peter, and he was like, well, he's doing a really good job because now you don't like him, but we really liked him in the other movie. I was like, yeah, that's true. So he does a really good job. Um, do we want to go through characters and then synopsis? I did write a synopsis this time. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Do you want to do characters yes. or synopsis, Britt? Uh, I will let you do the synopsis, and I can kind of give a rundown of some of the characters. Like I said, it is a huge cast. Um, I don't mean to leave anyone out, but I still ended up writing, like, maybe 15 actors down. So, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was worth mentioning, too, and you probably saw this, that Justin Simeon's also, right now, um, the creator, um, a secular producer, and uh, headed to be the main writer for Lando. Um, so, he's doing a Star Wars yes, TV show. Yes, Yeah. Yes. I'm... Mm-hmm. I'm both curious and worried about all these Star Wars TV shows. Mandalorian's been great, but I'm I'm a little worried. I'm I'm, I'm concerned that they won't be able to do that for so many because there's so many Star Wars TV shows they're trying to do now, and I just kind of like, oh, please don't ruin Lando because I really like that character. Um, yeah, but anyways, let's go ahead with. Should I do synopsis first? Or, no, characters. We're doing characters first. Let's do characters. Okay. Um- yes. Okay, so I can kind of take the lead a little bit with that. Um, we do have Miss L. Lorraine as Anna Bledsoe. Um, so L. seems to be very early in her career. I thought this was a very promising first lead role for her. I really liked her in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she also appeared in Insecure and Dear White People. So it seems like Justin Simeon does 
like to reuse actors, which I I can definitely appreciate because once I know an actor is going to do a good job for me, I too would reuse them. Um, we got Mr. J. Farrell as Julius. As we know from uh, Unsane, he was an Unsane. He's also a SNL cast member for many years, a very famous uh, Saturday Night Live cast member. Um, Vanessa mm-hmm. Will- Williams as Sora Choice. Um, <gasps> Vanessa Williams is really known. Ooh. Yeah, would you like to take this one? Oh, well, only because of her Broadway stuff. So Vanessa Williams, well, first yeah. of all, Vanessa Williams was the first African-American Miss America. And unfortunately, she had a scandal where some, she it, had I nude can't photos remember if it was published. Penthouse. Yeah. yeah, somebody published unauthorized nude photos of her. Like she didn't tell them they could do it and they published nude photos of her. Um, and so she had to give back her crown. But they have since apologized about it. However, I think it was, like, two months before, like, her reign would end. I'm like, couldn't you just, like, let it go? Like, anyways. So that was first how everyone knew Vanessa Williams. She also had a music career. But she's also done a lot of movies and television. And she was kind of the villain in Ugly Betty, which I watched a few episodes of. Uh, I didn't watch. I, it's been a long time since I've watched any Ugly Betty. But that was really cool. And she also kind of took the place of, I think, um Edie the character of Edie from um Desperate Housewives and she kind of replaced her as the fourth or fifth fifth housewife I think so she was also in Desperate Housewives and she's just really good at camp but also she was the revival witch in Into the Woods Broadway revival and it was the one where they added some new music and um she does a really really good job and um I think she's she's fucking gorgeous she's a supermodel and uh, she's just really good at being campy and a villain. And I just love it so much. Um, yeah. So I was really excited to see Vanessa Williams. Like, yes, Vanessa Williams, eat up that screen. Yes. She also has like a very lucrative voice career, too, because if you go for her filmography, there's like so mm-hmm. many voice work that she, so much voice work she's done. Even like she's done a few Studio Ghibli films, which I thought was really cool. Ooh, mm-hmm. good for you, Vanessa Williams. She's a, she works hard. She works a lot. And she's she's always working. Um, and then, oh, we should mention, even though they're not big characters, uh, there's two very famous singers in this movie. Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child as Sandra, who is obviously a Janet Jackson um, oh, yeah. insert. Like, uh, and they, yeah. they admit, like, there's a specific, like, uh, uh, picture of Janet Jackson that they ripped, like, her look from. And Kelly Rowland is an amazing singer. Um, I, I like that I get to see her. Also, is it just me or does she still look like she's 25? Yeah, she looks good. She looks good. Like, and you know who else looks good? Fucking Usher. Usher is in this movie. And I was like, that's Usher. Like, I would recognize that nose and those eyes any day. I don't know what his nose is so adorable. And I think he does a good job. He doesn't have a lot of lines in this movie, but he's competent. Um, but yeah, those were, I was really excited to see Usher. Yeah, that was, it was really good, like, little cameos, yeah. Um, so it was, cause yeah, I'm the same way. As soon as I saw him, I was like, that's Usher, like, <laughs> and so it wasn't, like, a little bit of a surprise to see him, because the first time you see him, it's like, of course, uh, we'll get into this, but it's like Sandra, who Kelly Rawlins playing, has a music video, and at the end of the music video, Usher walks yeah. in the door, and you're just like, is that Usher? <laughs> like, is that Usher? And, is that? Yeah. Is this, and is he supposed to be Usher or is he supposed to be another character? He's supposed to be another character. Yeah. We're always like, but, because Kelly Rowland, because they have a wig on her, like she has like a lot of hair and she very famously had very short hair when she was in Destiny's Child. She was not as recognizable as herself. She yeah. blended a lot better. In fact, I, I, was, I knew she was in this too. movie. 
Yes. She was, I was, I knew she was in this movie, so I kept looking for her, and I was like, is that Kelly Rowland? Is it? Because she was a little, she didn't look like her, which she looked like her character, but they actually did apparently write music for her character, like, wrote original songs and stuff, so that music was, like, written for her by the director, so I'm like, oh, that's cool. So, yeah. Anyways, I'm going with characters. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, so we do have, and I may be pronouncing Miss Lena's name, last name wrong, but Lena Waffy? Waif? W-A-I-T-H-E? I would say Waif. Yeah. I would say Waif. She, she played Brooklyn, which was definitely one of my favorite characters. Amazing comic relief. Great oh comic God. timing. So good. Uh, she has a very uh, cool career. So she's a Master of None. She was a, um, she was a co-writer for Master of None, and she actually got nominated for an Emmy of as a writer for that for one of those episodes from I think Master she won None. actually did she win actually okay I think she was like yeah I'm pretty sure I read that that she actually won an Emmy for a very specific like a Thanksgiving episode of Master of None yeah whereas like based on her her coming out to her yes. mom yeah so I did see yes, that so she yeah uh, she became she... the first African-American woman to win an Emmy for outstanding writing for a comedy series so that's good that's awesome she... good for you girl i I know um, you're not a big fan, but my brother loves this movie. She was in Ready Player One, and her the role she <laughs> plays is kind of a little bit of a spoiler um, for people who haven't seen Ready Player One, but the role she plays in Ready Player One is a comic relief role, and she's amazing in that role as well. Um, and she also wrote the screenplay um, as well as co-produced Queen and Slim, which I thought was really cool because my understanding Oh! Of that, yeah. It's been on my list. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, have she wrote it? the screenplay. I haven't, but it looks very serious, which seems so interesting considering that she usually does these kind of comedic um, things. But she, she wrote the screenplay, not co-wrote. But you know, like, sometimes comedians are the best at writing, like, serious stuff. Like, look at Get Out. Like, going yeah. pretty se- i mean it, get out is funny but it, it's mostly yeah. a horror movie or robin williams in dead poet society like fuck man rip my heart out so i mean yeah. sometimes people who are comedians can really i mean i feel like a lot of people who are comedians are kind of masking the sad clown yeah and so they make <laughs> everyone else laugh so i think sometimes they want to let i that just out. had that moment where it was like but doctor i am palagachi like <laughs> Pogliacci, Pogliacci, yeah, yeah. Like I always think of that. Like man goes to doctor, <laughs> like says he's depressed. <laughs> I love Watchmen. If you guys oh, didn't already realize it, um, but yeah, um, we have Yanni King who played Sister So. Uh, she actually her main thing she's known for. She's provided the voice for Riley Abel in The Last of Us Left Behind. I know a lot of people who love Ooh. The Last of Us. Um, and she but had, she's done a lot of television. Yeah, a shit a ton. Lot. Yeah, I actually made that note. Guest starred, guest starring roles in a ton of TV series. So very lucrative career, including Sex and the City, apparently. So yeah, her. which leads me to Blair Underwood, whose uncle Amos Amos <gasps> Blustel. Yeah, so he this is pretty man. He is pretty. I was sitting there thinking that too. I was like, he looks good. Like he's like in his fifties and he looks fine. Um, but Jonathan, he played Jonathan Rollins in L.A. All, L.A. Law. He was Carlos Armstrong in Medea's family reunion. He was the asshole fiance. But and then I sat there and had to do a double take because he was in Sex in the City as Doctor Robert Leeds. Yeah, yeah, he's Miranda's little uh, sport doctor boyfriend that she kind of has a fling with for like mm-hmm. six, eight episodes, I think. So yeah, pretty. Yeah, he had a quite role. the long. Yeah, and now he's in Agents of Shield. Apparently, ooh, impressive. And 
But Blair Underwood's very attractive. He is. Okay, sorry. When he literally comes on the screen for the first time, I had to look up his age because I was like, he looks so good that it's like he almost looks like a young man with like a dye job. Did you find yeah. that too? Yeah, because he's so young, but he's not young. Yeah, he's in his fifties, but his his features are like so good. Like there is no wrinkles yes. or laugh lines really in his face at all. So. You know who also, who does look a lot older than he used to be is uh, James Vanderbeek, who plays a small role <laughs> of Grant Madison, who's like an executive at their company. And I was like, Dawson? Every time Dawson. I see him, I always think, I don't want to wait. Like, that's <laughs> I think of the, the Dawson crying meme. He still looks like him, but he has aged a little bit more. But he's also supposed to kind of look like... He's on cocaine because it's the 80s, so we can forgive him. And he's a hell of a but... dancer, too, like BT Dubs, because my mom watches, oh. like, Dancing with the Stars, and he is good. Oh. Like, he is oh. so good. Like, he was one of my favorite people to watch on Dancing with the Stars, so I don't know about him as a person, but I liked his dancing, so. Oh, and he was also in Varsity Blues. I think everyone, the, the football movie that everybody was like oh football and also famously they watch it on several on that episode of the office where they're uh, have the movie party it's they're watching varsity blues in parts <laughs> anyways uh who's next oh uh, we do have laverne cox at virgie yeah and of course yes. laverne is known she was broke out as sylvia Bursette on orange is the new black and i mean yes. uh, a lot of people who watch orange is the new black just automatically are like that's sophia like you know yes i was like yes it's laverne cox i love her and i think she's so cool she's a transgender woman and the cool thing about her character on Orange is the New Black is that they have flashbacks to, like, before they were in jail. And so she has a twin brother, an identical twin brother in real life, and he plays her pre-transition in her flashback series. And I think that was really cool. Yeah. And I was like, that's also highly convenient. But she's great. I like her. She has a really cool arc in the couple seasons I've seen, and I really, really, really like her in pretty much anything she does. And she's been a real advocate for the transgender community. So I think she's cool. She is. I was is. excited to see her in a movie. Um, and then we've got Michelle Hurd, who's done a lot of television, um, who's also married to the guy who plays the dad in Garrett Dillahunt, who's been in a lot of stuff. I, they're married, and I think that's adorable because they just got married. They're both, like, in their 50s, and I think it's cute. Aww. Um, she plays the aunt, Maxine. And then um, Shantae Adamus? Adamus? As Linda Bledsoe, who's, like, her uh, cousin, but almost, like, sisters, yeah. really. Um, and then we've also got Judith Scott as Edna. And Ashley Blair Featherston, who apparently did some stuff on Glee when she was younger, as Rosalind. Um, I thought everyone was really good. Yeah. Is there anybody I missed? I think missed? I feel bad because I want to say I wrote down... Oh, Jesus Christ. I wrote down, like, 15 names, and to be honest, that's still not every single name character in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot more people, but those are those are the ones that are more uh, plot-point-heavy yeah. characters. And, yeah, let's get into synopsis, y'all. Yes. So, synopsis. In an attempt to save her career in 1980s corporate America, Anna Bledsoe faces her greatest beauty fear and gets her first weave. While her new look helps her rise to the ranks, she begins to not only lose herself, but those around her in very violent ways as the hair takes over her life and her consciousness. Yeah. It's a cool movie. Yeah. It's a cool, cool, cool concept. 
It is. Haunted hair weave or sew-in extensions. If you, uh, Brittany and I, if you don't know what we look like, are both white women. So, uh, not that white women can't get sew-in extensions, but often do not. Um, so I actually, I actually did ask my friend April. Thank you, April, for letting me ask you very, very personal hair questions because she's a trooper. Um, about getting sew-in hair extensions. So I did a little research for this because I've never had any extensions. My sister's had extensions, um, but hers were always clip-in or glue-in. So, like, the fact that you sew it in, one, lasts a lot longer. But two, that's a lot. It's very permanent. And it is it is a production. Um, so it is a big deal when people get weave because a lot of people choose to just relax their hair because it's just... I don't know. Relaxing is also really dangerous, as we'll see in the movie. Yeah. But um, I thought this was kind of cool because it is like a it is a social commentary because the reason that we've became so popular for a lot of African-American women, especially in like this time period, that the movie takes place, the late early, early 90s, is that like corporate America was a lot of old white dudes and they were kind of like it's almost like a social pressure to more be more Caucasian. Yeah. Because, oh, you don't have your natural hair. And, like, how sucky is it that people feel like they can't just walk into a room with natural hair? Yeah. Like, I mean, I get highlights because I like highlights, but nobody ever, like, yelled at me when I didn't have highlights. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's fucked up. I love, I think natural hair is beautiful. I will say this. I mm-hmm. feel like this should be common sense, but people don't always have common sense. Please do not touch a black person's hair um it's not Mm -hmm. a good idea even asking Mm -hmm. them is a little bit creepy because i would want you to imagine how it would feel for someone to just come up and touch your hair or to ask you can i touch your hair when you're a complete fucking stranger um but it's a thing yeah but i had um at my old store i used to work at i had a wonderful team of women and most of them were black women and i learned a lot about hair because of that because you know if they had to ask off a day they would be like oh i'm going to get my hair done and it was enlightening for me to learn that sometimes this is a five six hour thing so when you're going to get especially if you get your hair braided yeah like okay that's the thing about so this is what april this is just like Brittany and i were apologizing because we're white and like we don't understand everything but i'm really happy that we have friends that are like no i will tell you the truth like apparently so what you do when you get weave or sewing extensions whatever you want to call it weave is like the common term everybody knows what weave is right at this point in culture if you're an adult you probably know what weave is Basically, they weave extensions into your hair. But generally, most people pay for real human hair. And that's what everyone I know does real hair. Um, You can get synthetic hair, of course. um, But it doesn't behave like real hair. So most people get human hair, which is pretty expensive for one thing. And the other thing is, basically, they have to take your actual hair. They have to braid it in, like, little circles so they can sew the hair so it looks natural right so like that's what hurts more than actually getting it sewn in because really sewing it in is just sewing it into hair that doesn't hurt that much but it is adding a lot of weight to your head and so april said like maybe it hurts a couple days but it's really the braiding that hurts um but yeah so that's that's my little thing is that i was like i was just really curious oh and also it lasts you like six to eight weeks usually yeah so, and it, it, it acts like real hair. So, like, you can get hair wet. So, there's some rules in this movie that, like, if you aren't an ignorant white person, would have stood out to you, like, oh, what this this isn't normal. But as me, being someone who's never had this done to her head, I was like, 
this seems abnormal, but I don't really know. So maybe depend. this is normal and I'm just an idiot. It may depend on the type of hair, though. I will say that. And once again, the only reason I've been educated is because I know there were certain certain days my coworkers would wrap bags around their head if it was, like, raining and it was time for their shift to leave. They'd be like, I can't get my hair wet. And they would wrap, like, bags. Like, they would take... Well, I think because yeah. it'll, it'll frizz back up. Mm. So, like, and it, it's, like, permanently straightened. You know, it's, like, it's got, like, a treatment in it. Yeah. To keep it straight. But you can, you can, if you want to, treat it like real hair. Like, because I mean, it is real hair. But, like, treat it like natural hair. But then that means you have to do so much more to it. And the whole point of getting extensions is that you don't have to worry about doing your hair every morning. Um, but anyways, but I, you know, maybe, maybe research hair like uh weave in like how natural hair uh handles because like some of this i was familiar with and some of this i was like i feel really stupid that i don't know if this is normal or not normal while i'm watching this movie but it's it's still pretty accessible i would say to any audience i didn't feel alienated at any point Mm-mm, me either so no. um anyways i guess we should get into spoilers yes. and get it down to the plot which we'll we'll try to be quick through the plot because it, you know, this movie is very fun, um, but we, we talked a little bit long about characters, and I'm sorry, so we're going to have to edit some more. Um, so we start um, with an opening scene. Anna and her cousin Linda are home as children. It's really cute. Um, they're, like, playing DJ. They're, like, recording on their cassette player, and I'm like, oh, brings back memories. They're in the early 80s, and um, basically you can tell that Linda's hair is very straight. She's had a relaxer in, and so she's trying to put a relaxer, which is a chemical straightener, into Anna's hair. And um, she's like, oh, has it been too long? And she's like, oh, no, it's fine. And she uh, leaves it in a little too long and basically scalps part of Anna's hair. And so, therefore, you flash forward to Anna as an adult in 1989 Los Angeles at a job interview, and she's got very natural, um, like, Afro-textured hair. Um, and because she's never let anyone do anything to her hair since then because it, like, like frightened her. Obviously, it's just traumatized her. And so she goes to this interview, which this was giving me audition flashbacks, where she's at a job interview. She wants to be, like, a VJ, which, um, for those people who are younger than us, VJs were video, video DJs. Or video jockeys. Um, basically when MTV and VH1, a lot of music networks, um, would have, um, video jockeys. So that instead of disc jockeys or video jockeys, and they would introduce new music videos. And, uh, one of the uh, most famous ones, probably Total Request Live, which was where people would request, it's the most requested, um, songs in the nation. And, um, Carson Daly was the host. Yep. Carson Daly now hosts uh, New Year's Rockin' Eve, which is weird. Um, but, you know, he's he's an okay host. But, like, it was a thing to get on Total Request Live. And, like, your favorite artist would be on Total Request Live. And TRL, it was on MTV After School. So, uh, it's this is the beginning of that kind of stuff. And, like, the precursor to it is it's just a video, music videos. But it was MTV before they had, like, 16 and Pregnant. And, um... Well, I don't know. What do they have anymore? I don't. Rem- I don't they know. Have so many because when I was now. a when I was a kid, I was a I I'm like literally like somebody like Katie would comment on like she's like I don't know how you know all these bands and I was like I was 
fucking addicted to Fuse, which was like MTV, but basically for alternative rock music. Yeah, uh, yes. and so I love Fuse. VH1 played more music videos yeah. when I was in high school. Fuse, I watched a lot of VH1. Fuse did nothing but music videos. Up for so there was like a good solid five years when Fuse was a new channel that they all they did was music videos and they did it like in different formats and different blocks. So they had like Dedicate Live where there was a music video playing and you could text uh, Dedicate Live and your your text message would appear across the video and just like. Things like Aww. that. So it was really, it was a good time to be alive. But it's almost, think of it as, a, like, what Katie was saying, as if you have, like, a radio talk show host, and they're like, and coming up now, the number one single in the U.S. for this week, it's the same thing. A video jockey would essentially mm-hmm. announce the music video that was about to play. Remember pop-up videos? Pop-up where video! It was pop-up. <laughs> so they were, like, they would have a music video, and it would be the one you'd seen before, but then they would pop up with little factoids mm-hmm. the whole time. It's like, pop it was so fun oh my god uh anyways now we have tiktok it's fine Um, (laughs) now everyone just cries about driver's license and (laughs) yeah have you please tell me you've listened to driver's license oh yeah of course oh yeah like i watch i I make alexa play it every so often i'm like damn girl girl go anyways so um we meet anna anna is trying very hard to she wants to be a vj She's been the executive assistant for the program director of this, um, of culture, which is a specific, it's like a black music oriented offshoot of basically an MTV knockoff called, um, RMV radio music videos or rock music videos or something like that. So it's like an offshoot of them. And she, um, hasn't been, you know, her career isn't where she wants it to be. Yeah. So she's kind of looking elsewhere. But her um, mentor is Edna, who is the program runner. Well, she goes into a meeting and they're retooling. And Edna's been given, she's quote unquote stepping down. And the new um, owner, who's played by James Vanderbeek, is like, oh, and we're going to have the wonderful Zora, who's an ex supermodel, be the CEO. And that's Vanessa Williams' character. And so she's like, yeah, we're going to retool some stuff and we're going to take off programming. And uh, Zora um, is very beautiful and very commanding. And Anna's like, oh, shit, I got to impress her. And then we also meet Anna's work boyfriend, Julius, who started out as a receptionist and is now a VJ. And he's like, yeah, we can't see each other anymore because I'm seeing somebody. And she's like, the fuck? Because apparently they've been like, dating casually for many years um because her family knows him all of her friends know him they all know that they're dating but they're not officially dating and he's like breaking off really rudely and that's played by jay farrow if i didn't say that already so um he's total jackass yeah he breaks up with her like in the hallway while he's about and to go i feel bad because i feel like this is one of those situations the two where i the way i feel about it is anna's building it up more in her head than it ever was so it was never a serious thing for Julius. It was a very serious thing for Anna, um, which is kind of like heartbreaking because what I love about this casting too is so Anna, Anna is very undervalued and underappreciated at work. Like she has these great ideas. We find out, and Katie, you may mm-hmm. be getting ready to get to this. I apologize. Um, you're good. You're good. You take yeah. over. It's good. But um, we find out. So, and also because of um, 
Ella Lorraine, Ella Lorraine, who plays Anna, she's such a petite woman. So she's not very imposing. Mm-hmm. She's not overpowering. She doesn't take up a lot of space when she's on camera because she's so small. Uh, she's so petite. Yes. Um, and not only that, but Anna is obviously very, very young, too. Like, I, it mm-hmm. never explicitly say it, says it, but I think Anna's supposed to be in her very early 20s. So, like, 21, 22, 23. Um, but... She has um, an interview with Sora because Sora's kind of going through all the people that work there and trying to figure out who she wants to keep and who she wants to let go. Mm-hmm. And um, you come to find out that uh, basically Anna came up with the block, the format that they use. She mm-hmm. came up with this whole idea. And they never even credit her or they never even – so. Um, yeah, so Edna tells Sora, like, you know, that Anna was her assistant, but she never even explains to Sora that, like, hey, Anna actually came up with this brilliant idea. And so during this, because Sora realizes how smart Anna is, Anna talks about creating a new video block and uh, getting some viewership and kind of trying to figure out demographic for viewerships, like, all this great, just powerhouse ideas, Because, but mm-hmm. because she's such a meek w- woman, they kind of overstepped her. And Sora kind of places this idea in her head that, like, if you want to be one of my girls, you need to get your hair done. Like, because, like, you don't look like you belong here. You don't look like you belong. It's called culture. They're changing it to cult because that doesn't sound ominous, right? But it's kind of placing (laughs) the idea in Anna's head that even if she's good enough at her job, she's not that great because she doesn't physically fit in. Right, which we've all felt that way at some point. I I like this movie because it's kind of like when you try to fit in with society, whether it's emotionally, socially, or physically, a lot of times you lose sense of yourself. And that's kind of what we see. Because she is very strong in her own beliefs, um, even though she's kind of a meek person. She, you know, her entire family are all a bunch of people with doctorates. They're all like scholars. And she's like, no, I've always wanted to be a, a DJ or, or VJ. I've always been interested in music and the music scene. That's what I want to do. And she knows that she's like, you know, the odd duck in the family. But she's okay with it. And she's, try- she's trying really hard to make it work. And she's trying to be on her own, even though she's not able to make her, her rent. Well, she is. And then her landlord raises her rent $500. Yeah, so shitty. Gentrification, bitch. Yeah. Um, I actually like that scene, too, because she visits her family right after that, and that's what Katie's talking about. And her family, Mm -hmm. um, they really seem to worry about her. They ask her a lot of questions about her career, and they ask her questions about Julius. Um, And it's the first time we hear, because, like Katie mentioned, the family scholarships, um, not scholarships, the family all has doctorates. (laughs) Scholars. Yeah, they're scholarships. They all have doctorates. Um, So you hear, like, this um, slave folklore, these... uh, passed down um, African-American stories, and we first hear the moss-haired girl story, which obviously becomes very significant to the plot. Um, And I love the Mm -hmm. scene after... So, basically, there's a scene where, you know, Anna, like Katie says, she's kind of odd duck, and she kind of fights back a little bit, and she's like, I can't believe y'all are talking about fairy tales. And her uncle says this really cool thing that I think really fits with the whole Mm -hmm. idea of the movie. He's like... You know, these aren't fairy tales. These are part of our history and our culture. And you're just afraid to see you how nature would have saw you. Um, which is like a huge overlying theme that I would love to get yeah. in as we get more into the story of it. Yes. But he does end. And he also points out that like when people are conquered. Yeah. The conquerors don't. They The, the way they conquer people is to tell you your science is magic or it's you're naive 
and you're an idiot and that, you know, they called the Native Americans savages and called black people even worse things because that's how you conquer countries is you belittle their existence. Yeah. Or people. That's how you conquer people in countries is you belittle their existence and you make them seem like the stupid people. And you're the smart heroes, so you're gonna you're the savior. You're gonna save them and their awful culture. When really they were probably doing just fine. Exactly. Before you showed up. And I like that but he says because he does apologize to her because he's a little hard on her. And afterwards, he gives her the yeah. book, and he's like, you know, you believe in stories too. He's like like a fly girl in the city, which I that actually yeah. comes into play too, which I really I didn't catch. Yeah. I just, this is one of the first movies I watched twice, which doesn't always happen to me. I did watch this movie twice, yeah. yeah. And there's a thing I caught. It was fun. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. But I'm sorry, I should let you talk a little bit, Katie. No, you're okay. You you keep going. No, uh, so yeah, so she ends up going to Virgie's salon and she begs to be taken in. And she actually quotes. Mm-hmm. So she sees um, a little snippet earlier where um, Sandra and Jermaine are talking. It's like a TV show because these idols in this world, they're not like many um, musicians. They're veered into acting. So she's watching this TV show and she's like, "Did you ever have a dream that you know that?" And blah blah blah. And Virgie yeah. <laughs> seems to be like, "Okay, well, this is gonna be my good deed." And um, so, and this was a very, I would say this is the scene that made me wince the most because as she's mm-hmm. doing her hair, um, you know, she, you can see that she's literally sewing it into her scalp and Anna starts crying. Which is not what actually happens, exactly. by the way. And it's, that part doesn't hurt. And this, it's like, the braiding that hurts. This part, this made me so sad though, because she goes, I'm sorry. She's crying and she's like, I'm sorry. I've never had my hair done before. So she doesn't even realize that's not supposed to hurt that bad. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So she's like, oh, this is just normal. And there's like blood. And I wonder if you have to, for it to work, does there have to be blood drawn? I wonder. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Oh, maybe. 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 Maybe it's purposeful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she passes out. And then uh, Virgie's like, oh, don't worry. You weren't the last one to pass out. But when she, when she wakes up, she's like, oh, my God, I look so beautiful. And my hair's so long and straight. Oh, my new person. Which, I mean, we all feel like that when we get our hair done. We're all like, oh, look how wonderful I am. And in walks Sandra. And her boyfriend, Jermaine D, was, is the character's name. But it's Usher. And um, she's got these weird, like, they thought it was contacts for the music video. But she's got, like, like gray, almost white eyes. And it's very creepy looking. But she's she's just kind of, her hair is all messed up. And she's like, I got my hair wet. Oh, damn. I'm here to fix it. Um, and she's like, oh, um, she's trying to say it, like, very subtly. She's like, I saw someone like you on television. I really love your video. She's like, oh, yeah, thanks. And she's, like, a huge fan of Sandra. And, um... So then she she goes home and her uh, landlord is still trying to get money, but she successfully avoids him. And she shows up at work and Rosalind, the new assistant to um, Zora, is like, oh, my God, you look amazing. But all of her, like, friends that she's had for years kind of feel like they're betraying her. Yeah. Or she's betraying them. But she gets she gets invited into this special programming meeting and Zora's trying. Zora passes her idea off as yeah, hers. which is shitty. And I was like, oh great, same thing, different person, same deal. Yep. Um, but she is promoting her to associate producer, which is cool. Um, and Julius is all like, wow, you look amazing, and blah blah blah. And you're like, which, fuck by the you. Way, Julius is, yeah. Julius is also obsessed with his hair. He keeps obsessively combing it up higher and higher because he's got a high top 
Oh, real quick, before the meeting, um, there is the first kind of uh, something's wrong moment, and it's where she gets a paper cut. <gasps> she does, yeah. and her hair gets stuck into her finger. She's like, what the fuck? fuck? Yeah. That was weird. She, like, just pulls it yes. out, and you're just like, uh, I don't think that's normal. That's not normal. Yes. Um, and so she she kind of, like, has to go to her two friends, Brooklyn and Sister Soul, which, I mean, obviously, that's their, it's her, um, like bj name but sista um s-i-s-t-a um she kind of goes so she's like it's not that big of a deal like it's it's just you're just changing your look and the name of your block it's gonna be okay so basically zora is using her to get everyone else on board so they don't have to recast everybody yeah. and she's she wants to be the the overall host of the blocking block programming like they're gonna be hosts of different sections but she wants to be the overall host and she kind of works her ass off. She she like she dresses differently too. Yeah. And so she's fitting in in many different ways. Yeah. Um, to this lifestyle, and she's also kind of like being kind of a bitch sometimes. Yeah. Which is not her at all. And I think the the first instance we have of a murder, and because she doesn't really think her hair is alive yet. Yeah. Um, but her landlord tries to rape her, and she stabs him with a box cutter in self-defense, and her hair literally sucks the blood out of him. And then there's this really comedic scene where somebody is walking past the alleyway, and you just see his body drop <laughs> into the dumpster, and you're like, well, you were trash. So now you're especially trash. Yeah. And also, like, her sister comes over and borrows the book, and, like, the hair drinks the blood from the steak that they were eating. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking weird. And then yeah. what happens next? So um so Sora yeah, Sora drops in their private meeting afterwards that she's sleeping with Julius. So now we have that attitude that makes that we know Sora oh, and yeah. Julius have a thing going on. After the after she uh kills her landlord, um they her and Sora are in another private meeting and Sora ends up dropping there in that meeting, she's like the pink stuff is not enough, is it? And, you know, before Anna can press her more to see what's, like, going on, because, of course, that's something we forgot to mention, is that Virgie gives her pink fluid and is like, hey, put this on your hair twice a day. Do not get it wet. Like, that is two things she specifically tells her to do, is put this pink stuff on her hair and do not get it wet. Um, So she's like... old gremlin's excuse. Yes. And so she's like, okay, what the fuck is going on? But then Julius interrupts it, so she's not able to get more information out of Sora. And then the next scene is one of my least favorite scenes in the whole movie, because I feel like it's more of a shock value scene. And I'm not a big fan of, like, shock value scenes. Uh, She finds out she's... But convenient. Yeah. She finds out she starts her period, and her hair drinks her period blood. Which is convenient, because you think it drank all of it, so you just don't have to have a period anymore? Yeah. I don't know. It's really weird because she even looks in the mirror afterwards and goes, this never happened. Like. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting. But I mean, that is a question that I probably would have had if they hadn't answered it. So. That's. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's something I would have questioned too. But it also seemed like a little bit. But it's also a B movie. A little bit. Yeah. It's a B movie. It's fun. And then. um, So she has this big launch party to go to. And everyone, she's just like, she is living life. She's got this fabulous red dress on. She's like, hey, girl, hey, guy. And all of her friends have now gotten the weave, too. And so everyone's hair is looking fabulous. And she runs into Edna. And before that, she runs into uh, Jermaine, um, Usher's character. And he's like, 
hey, have you been feeling weird after you got your hair done? Because, like, Sandra's just been different. And then he gets interrupted, and she's just like, what? So you know it's not just the two of them. It's a commonality. The only thing in common is everyone's gotten their hair done in the same place. So she goes, she sees Edna, and she's like, oh, let's catch up. And Edna has been, like, leaving her voicemails saying, like, hey, come join my music scene. I'm starting my own music production company producing company come join me and she has been ignoring her and she's like like they're kind of mad and she's like she's just kind of a bitch to her and she's like well i waited four years and you never promoted me so fuck you and which i kind of agree with her i'm like that is fucked yeah fuck you edna but also like not really but like like that's that's rude so then like there's this thing where she's like she tries to open the door and there's a code and that comes to play later so there's a couple there's a couple like like little interwoven things and so she um, sees Zora and Julius fighting because Julius was, like, flirting with this blonde chick at the party. And um, he accidentally calls Zora Anna. Yeah. And she's like, oh, fuck, because she's smoking on the side. And she's, and he's like, oh, hey. And so Julius takes her home. And they start having sex. And she blindfolds him. And um, she starts asking him like questions like were you thinking about her the last time we had sex and she says a different way but you know we don't need to get too crass um and he's like what i don't know and he takes off the blindfold and her eyes are like white like sandra's were and her hair is like this was like the coolest visual scene i love And he's such a stupid fucking boy because it's not like oh shit there's a demon bitch on top of me he's like oh you never look more beautiful and i'm just like he's like you're so beautiful i'm like oh no oh no 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 (laughs) (laughs) hello tiktok um, and she takes the wine glass, which also, like, he just downed two glasses of wine in, like, two seconds. So, dumbass. And then he, she stabs him, which, that's what we, we were trying to figure out. We're like, did, did she dick stab him or just stomach? Because you don't really see it first. I was like, I was like, I think I said, well, I'm pretty sure she's stabbing him in the stomach because that would, how is she also having sex with him if she's also stabbing his yeah. dick? So. You know, she stabs in the stomach, and then the hair uh, drains him of his blood. And that's the first death that she really reacts to, because she's, like, running through the street just, like, upset. And she goes to find Zora, and Zora tries to cut the hair, and the hair hangs her. Sorry. Oh, oh, she calls calls Linda Mm -hmm. first and asks her to read her the story. Yeah. And the moss hair girl in the story, because she'd never finished it, the moss hair girl, it's it's a slave, an enslaved woman. She sees this moss on a tree, and she makes herself a wig, and it looks straight like the white people's hair. And so she goes to her owner's house, and the hair automatically strangles them and kills them. And she runs away, and she is killed by her own hair. And then it turns out the hair, the moss wasn't moss. It was uh, possessed by the spirit of witches who are now inhabiting her body. So it's like, if you see her body... It's just her yeah, body. Yeah, it's... The witches take turn in her head. Yeah, which I really like because that comes back into play. It is creepy. Yeah. yeah. And so she, after Linda rereads her the story, she goes to a salon to try to get it all removed. And she runs into Edna again. And then her hair goes jack shit crazy. And, uh, or bat shit crazy, rather. And kills everybody. This is probably the only scene where, like, the the CGI, like, the effects looked a little cheap in yeah. this scene. But it was still fun. But it just, like, starts killing everybody, and it's great. Um, in, a, in a B-movie way. It's not great that they're dead. 
but she starts apologizing to Edna. She's like, I'm so sorry. I was just so fucked, and I'm so sorry. Yeah, and um, so the next morning, like, because obviously she's had the fucking night from hell. The next morning, the she yeah. still goes to work, which, uh, kudos to her, because I don't know how the fuck I yeah. would have gone to work the next day. But Sora's no. missing. And Rosalind is like, is like, where's Ro- Where's Zora? BT dubs, I love Rosalind, because she seems so sweet and sincere. I too. Yeah. I really liked her. She seems so nice. Mm-hmm. It's so sad what happens to her at the end of the day. But anyways, um, because, oh, the other thing was James Vanderbeek's character was like, yeah, Zora's going to be the host. Yeah. We don't like Zora. She's Fuck. shitty. No. Zora's shitty. But anyways, go ahead with what happened. Oh, no. So um, basically, Zora doesn't show up. And so um, they're like, hey, uh, we need you to be the VJ. So it's like. All this shitty stuff happens, but Anna does get to have her dream. She gets to be a VJ um, and do a video countdown. And then um, her idol actually shows up. So Sandra actually shows up um, at the end of the countdown, which is really, really cool. Um, But she's still kind of haunted um, by everything that's going on. And I think this is what leads into the kind of like the final confrontation where she... um, goes to talk to Rosalind, and then, like, Rosalind gets pulled in, and sure enough, Sora's, yeah, Sora's, um, Sora's officially, um, like, the moss hair girl. She's dead, but she's possessed by the witches at this point. Mm-hmm. So. And, uh, she, like, grows into a hair monster, and she's chasing her around. And this was, uh, when we were like, oh, smart girl, because she kicks her heels yeah. off to run away. I was like, yay! yay! You're smart! Yay! Good girl! Um, she kicks her heels off, and she's running away, and she opens this door that's, like, because they, they've been redecorating the office, and there was one, like, that one door that said, under construction, do not enter, and she opens it up, and everybody's, like, possessed by hair, and her friend Brooklyn is there, well, <laughs> which <laughs> leads to a really funny scene, because then she's running away, and she runs into Brooklyn, and Brooklyn's fine, and she was like, are, are, is the hair not making you eat people? And she's like, I didn't go to Virgie's. I can't afford that shit. I went to so-and-so, and she hooked me up for, like, two fifty. And she's like, I can't die. But she's like, that's the best thing ever. I love Brooklyn. She's like, I can't die today. I haven't been to church in, like, 15 years. And then this hair just grabs her. So Anna's about to get out, but she runs back to save her friend, obviously. And she she's, takes one of her heels and stabs Zora in the face to save Brooklyn. And then Brooklyn turns around and goes, Bitch, what are you doing? This I've seen enough of those Jason movies. You do not have to wait to see if she's dead. Come on. And so they're waiting for the elevator. <laughs> I don't know. I love this part I do so too. <laughs> oh, God. Brooklyn makes it. So they're waiting for the elevator. And their friend Sista comes up. And oh, she's like, oh, hey, girl. Oh, hey, girl. Hey. Um, you forget your coat. <laughs> and then she just kills Brooklyn right in front of Anna. And Anna's like, oh, my God. Like, they've gone through all this shit. Yeah. And um, she runs into, like, the, like, recording booth room where there's, like, a glass window. And so they've all, fa- all the bodies, all the possessed bodies have followed her. And she finds what she thinks is a gun under the recording booth. And she's like, ha, And it's a lighter. And then I actually called this before it actually happened. I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. She's going to use the lighter to hit the sprinkler so the hair will get wet. And she does. And so it weakens the hair. And she's able to cut her hair off and escape. Um, And everybody else is, like, kind of rendered unconscious. Um, But she kind of just runs away and doesn't look back. And she goes and moves back in with her aunt and uncle. And uh, apparently Zora survives. Yeah. 
Yeah, because they actually, um, they go, they go back again, and, you know, they mention again about, like, if you ever see that moss-haired girl, uh, walking around, it's just her body, the witches are taking turn in her, her head, and you see where Sora's on the billboard, but then you see, um, they go further into the story, and they're like, Massa was survived by two boys, and he taught the two boys that everything on the land was their land, and you see, because you see this truck throughout the movie that has, like, an oak tree on it or something, or, like, a moss tree on yeah. it, and there's scenes, there's, like, all, it's, like, Anna keeps having these recurring dreams of hair being collected in, like, these uh, wooden baskets, and so you see the uh, truck, and they open up the door, and it's filled with dead bodies, like, the hair, the, the bodies of the, the hair has killed, and then you see Grant Madison, who is, like, now the new bigwood at culture being changed into cult get it um and he's the owner it's it's mm -hmm. heavily implied that he's like um he's like a descendant yeah, of the master because i think what we were seeing was a flashback to the sons yes. so he looks just like them so he's not actually at the plantation which is in louisiana first we were i didn't see the louisiana marking the first time i watched it i was like where's how far is this truck driving that cannot be happening because we were trying to figure out because when California was a state, because we were like, they didn't have plantations with African-American slaves in 1850, yeah. you know, in California. So, no, it was in Louisiana, so it makes more that sense. That does make a lot of sense. Um, but I like that stipulation of, like, okay, because, like, he basically, he, he, at the beginning of the movie, he's, like, making this big thing of, like, you, oh, you know, this is where I want to be at. And that he's the one that changes the name of culture to cult. Which is what Grant Madison and the witches are trying to do. Is that they're essentially trying to create a cult. Which is, or, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And the movie actually ends that Anna is reading this story. And then Lauren's talking in the background. And it keeps fading out. Like you're in Anna's consciousness where you can hear Lauren. But you're not yeah. really paying attention to her. Linda. 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 I'm so sorry. Linda. Linda. Her cousin. Her cousin. Um, but Linda's like... Okay, I'll tell you because you're begging me. Um, I'm going to Virgie's tonight. I'm going to finally get my hair done. I'm tired of this uh, creamy crack uh, <laughs> something. Oh, which is relaxant. Yeah. It's relaxer. It's creamy crack. Creamy crack. Because it looks white. Yeah. I was like, oh. That's okay. new to me. That was a new no vocab for yes. me. <laughs> and so Anna's like, oh, shit. And the movie literally ends with her yelling and going after her. So. Yeah, she's like, no, Linda. No, don't do that. It was a cute little ending. It's a cute movie. It's funny and um campy but it has commentary um what do you think what's your rating and recommendation um i i really like this movie i was surprised um because i'll be honest a lot of times when something's like a hard comedy i don't laugh um i always say like you know i don't think i'm like i don't think i'm a dry person but it's just like i have a weird sense of humor and it not a lot of movies make me laugh out loud i actually did kind of laugh out loud once or twice during this movie which was nice um I yeah, do. I would give it, I would definitely recommend it. I would give it a solid 8 out of 10. I really like the idea, um, going back to what um, Uncle Amos was saying, it's a, this whole thing, and it kind of echoes in Brooklyn's saying too. So Amos says that he's like, he tells Anna, he's like, you're afraid, um, you don't want to think of these, You. this is paraphrasing it deeply, this is not a sad quote, but he's like, you know, you think of these as fairy tales, you're afraid to see nature, you're afraid to see yourself how nature would see you, and even Brooklyn says, you know, she's like, black women are magic, we can wear our hair high up, we can wear it down, so it's not really, this wasn't a commentary about, like, oh, like, you know, Anna's in trouble because Anna decided to get weave, Anna was in trouble because she had no confidence in herself, 
And right. and she lost herself of sense of self by trying to be somebody yeah. else. So it was just a universal lesson. To yeah. Learn. So it wasn't like a commentary on like black women that wear weave shouldn't do it. It was nothing like that. Like that is not the direction the movie was trying to head in at all. It was more about you being yourself and being yourself for yourself. How you see yourself versus trying to fit in with how others want to see you. Like, you shouldn't try to fit in on how others want to see you. You should do things for yourself and be who you are for yourself. Which is actually a really cool message to get behind completely. Yes. Yeah. I I like this movie. Again, I think it's campy with commentary, which I love it. Um, it's not preachy at all, but it definitely delves into some heavy topics. And, um, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's very, this writing is very smart and mostly realistic until it hits its campy yeah. mark after the whole hair salon massacre point. It kind of, but it's, it's funny. Like I laughed a lot, especially like, uh, Zora and Brooklyn had some really good singers that I was just like, that's fucking hilarious. Um, also, by the way, I forgot to mention this. There was some really cool framing shots. Oh, yeah. Um, like in the, before, um, Julius and Anna, actually start having sex like there's this really cool like blue window behind them and they're just silhouettes and it's really pretty um probably the only thing i didn't like was there was like sometimes and again this is his first movie or like his second movie uh it felt like maybe he was just playing around with some stuff like the scene where the interview was between zora and anna like he, the camera was doing a rotating thing but it was kind of distracting because there wasn't anything interesting on the sides so it was like Zora, and then it'd be a bunch of nothing, and then it'd be Anna, and then it'd be back to nothing, and then it'd be back to Zora. But it didn't, like, speed up, and it didn't, like... I feel like he should have either, like, gotten closer and closer to them with every turn, or sped up how fast it was turning, or had somebody... So you, like, kind of got mesmerized by it. I feel like he was trying something, but didn't really know exactly what he was going for. But again, he's a young filmmaker. I, I haven't made a film... Well, I've been in a film, but I haven't, like, made one, made one. So, like, maybe he's... I feel like maybe there's some of it was a little experimental. And I kind of wish the witches had had a comeuppance. But even so, i definitely give this a 7.5 or an 8 yeah. out of 10. Because it's solid. And the dogs agree. Yeah, they do. They... I was about to say, I gave this an 8 out of 10. So, which, yeah. It does veer... It's not perfect. Prob- there's not a gore factor. Yeah. There's not as much gore I did it. I actually, um, so I, I tried to be tough, but usually I end up covering my eyes at least once every movie. I didn't cover my eyes during this one at all, which was nice. So, yeah. Like, it's not really gory. There's blood. I would say the most squeamish scene for me was Anna getting her weave put in. That was probably the most squeamish yeah. for me. So... Yeah, so, yeah, I would say 7.5 or 8 out of 10. I, the only reason I say 7.5, I would give Gremlins a 7.5. So, and I love Gremlins. So, but it's, it's closer to an 8. Yeah. And I definitely watched it twice. So, I would say, yeah, 7, seven to 8. It's it's good. I'd recommend this for most people. I don't think anybody, I, I can't even imagine somebody that I wouldn't recommend this to, except for maybe somebody's grandmother that there's a sex scene in it. It just depends on your grandma, though. I mean, some grandmas wouldn't care. But I don't think... It's it's entertaining. It's not boring. It's not slow. And it's not a long watch. So I think I'd recommend this to pretty much everybody. And it's not super gory, so it's not going to gross people out. And I don't think... I mean, again, being a white woman, I didn't feel alienated by watching a movie about haunted weave. Yeah. So I don't think 
anybody else would feel alienated by watching this movie if you don't happen to be a black woman. Um, it's not really it, it. That's more of the vessel for the story yeah. than it is like a, it's not just about weave. It's like this is the vessel for telling a bigger story. And I like that they said it in like the eighties because the eighties was so corporate. <laughs> Surprisingly, Rotten Tomatoes. This has a sixty-four percent critic, which I was like surprising. I thought it was a little low. Yeah, but I was still like, but I was like, well, more than fifty percent. Maybe it just wasn't some people's cup of tea. But it only has a thirty-six percent for really. And I really thought this movie was awesome. So I'm. I want to hear what other people think about this movie because. I thought it would be the exact opposite. I thought people would rave about I was this thinking, it's so entertaining. I was thinking like 70s at least is like my idea. Yeah. So, 36? That's low. Maybe it's different today. This was a couple days ago. That weird. is weird. Like this seems like an accessible movie. This movie seems like it, it's not like it has good lessons and it, it does have sub it has subtext and I really like that, but it's not so over your head that people aren't going to get it. And it's also not spoon-feeding yeah. to you. So it's, it's the perfect level of understanding without being spoon-fed. Um, did, did you have... You didn't have a, a rating. I didn't have a grindhouse right? rating. This was a struggle. Well, mine might sound stupid, because they're all hair-related. <laughs> but, I mean, what else were we going to exactly. talk about? Um, I had rated W for Wickedly Witchy Weave. And then I had rated X, rated X, rated H for hex, sorry, not, rated, rated X for xylophone and xenophobia. Uh, no, that's not it. Um, xylophone makes no sense. Um, rated H for hexed hair and heavy consequences. I kind of like H. Okay. So it is now time. It is time for Brittany to tell me what movie we're watching next week. Okay, cool. So, yes, okay. so um, I ended up picking up a movie, uh, picking out a movie, and me and Taylor um, actually watched this in December. So we had a night, because um, uh, as you guys may or may not have remembered, me and Katie took a mini, like, three-week break in December because her job picked up really bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, holiday stress, we don't we don't always have the time to do extra shit. But we love our podcast. We love our viewers. Um, but, so we were looking up good horror movies to watch, and... We saw this on a list of good horror movies to stream on Netflix, and it was a relatively newer film. Um, we watched it. I have to say, it is very different than the movie we picked this week because, one, it's very serious. Two, the cast is extremely small. The main uh, narrative focuses on three actors. There is, like, maybe two supporting roles, but for the most part, everything involves around three actors. Um, so, yeah, um, but we are going to be doing His House. Which is a <gasps> Netflix movie. Um, just came out last year. So if I'm correct, it is a 2020 film. So, and it literally, I think, premiered on Netflix maybe in either like November or December of 2020. So with that, we are going to say good night and that we love you guys. And thank you for all of the amazing, amazing support. We reached over a thousand downloads. Woo! Like we're well over a thousand now. Yay! And that's all thanks to you. And we've had more downloads for this week's episode in one day, or almost as many, as the last episode was in an entire week. So I don't know if everyone just really likes Unsane or what, but thank you guys because that was really cool. So thank you for sharing and subscribing and following us. And, um, yeah, we love you guys, and we hope you guys are wearing your masks and staying safe and taking your vitamins.
Yeah, and of course, as Katie usually says, I can't believe I'm the one saying this. Um, please wash your hands. I can't believe that's something we say to people, but oh, pl- and wash your please hands. wash your hands. Yes, and of course, um, this is a reminder. Please take a glass of water. Drink it right now. Yes, hydration it feels good, doesn't it? Running for your body. Um, <laughs> um, I hope you. I've already finished my water. Yes, I, I had two Yay. bottles. Um, I hope you guys. Are doing okay. I hope you do something for yourself today, even if it's listening to your favorite song or dancing around a little bit or just taking a walk around the neighborhood in the morning or, you know, before the sun goes down. I hope you just do something for yourself. Um, we're so glad you're here with us. Um, we're so glad you joined us for another week. Um, thank you. Thank you for your support and um, thank you for being on this earth. We, we're glad you're here. So. Yeah. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining us. As always, it is. <laughs> as always, we uh, so look forward to seeing you. Um, same place uh, next time. Same spoopy channel. Yay! And stay spoopy, y'all. Stay spoopy, y'all. Have a good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Wherever you are. Bye, you guys. Night, Bye, Katie. Have a night. Good night. Sweet dreams. Night. Sweet dreams. Bye, guys. Bye. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by katie dale and Brittany ray and edited by katie dale all music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations if you have any questions comments suggestions please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com thanks for listening we'll see you soon